It's been a long and harrowing winter. And life has gotten in the way. We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. We're dealing with a lot of sh But patience has persevered. The snow has thawed. And finally, spring has run. Swinging a high fly, deep left field. Way back, it is gone. Welcome back, Keston Nahira, a three-run home run. This is the Brewers Spring Training Special. Now, runner trying to get to third. Here's the throw from Garcia. It's on the bag and in time. Back at the track, he looks up. That ball's gone. That ball got up in the jet stream and got way out of here off the bat of Abiseo Garcia. Now, here is your host, Matt Pauley. You know, every year we do Brewers on deck, and it feels like the unofficial start of the baseball season. Well, this year, no Brewers on deck because of the pandemic that we are currently living through. But we still wanted to do something that was kind of like On Deck. And if you've never been with us at On Deck, or if you've never uh, listened to us during On Deck, we have a four- or five-hour program where, really, throughout the entire course of the day, we've got different Brewers players, managers, coaches, general managers, president of baseball operations, whatever it might be, coming and speaking with us. And we missed out on that opportunity this year. However... We have done something about that, and that's what you are listening to right now, our Brewers Spring Training Special. My name is Matt Pauley. It is great to have you with us. We have, and I say we have like a jam-packed three hours, two hours jam-packed show. That is something I say fairly often. We need to find new words for jam-packed because what we've got coming up between now and 9 o'clock, there's a lot. Uh, David Stearns is going to join us coming up in our next segment. So we're about five minutes out from being joined by David Stearns. And if you stick with us from now until 9 o'clock, you will also hear from Jackie Bradley Jr., Brandon Woodruff, Craig Council, Corbin Burns, Keston Hira, Brent Suter, Colton Wong, Travis Shaw, and Garrett Mitchell, one of the top prospects in the organization. That's what's going to be coming up here over these next few hours. We'll also uh, interweave some talk about uh, the current state of the club. Of course, coming into the year, the big off-season headlines. Most recently, Jackie Bradley Jr. being added to this roster. What's that going to look like in the outfield? When you have Lorenzo Cain, Jackie Bradley Jr., both very capable of playing an elite center field, in addition to Christian Yelich and Avisayo Garcia, who are considered starting outfielders on this club. Four outfielders, three spots. The Brewers, whether it's Craig Council, whether it's David Stearns, they will tell you there's no such thing as a fourth outfielder, but it's still going to be a logjam in terms of playing time when all those guys are healthy. Probably the biggest benefit to that is there's not going to be as much pressure to play Lorenzo Cain on an everyday basis, a guy that is a little bit older, coming off a year where he really didn't play much last year after he opted out fairly early on in the season, may miss the start of this season being a little bit banged up. But that's going to be an interesting narrative to watch throughout the year. The other thing they do, and this is connected to bringing in Jackie Bradley Jr., the defense expected to be much, much, much improved because of Bradley being on the outfield, but also the acquisition of Colton Wong and he being inserted over at second base. Still a lot of eyes at third base. Travis Shaw being given every opportunity to reclaim that job a year after being out of the organization. Spent a year with the Blue Jays. He is back. They're going to have to make an official decision on him sooner than later, less than a week out from when his opt-out is coming up. He's going to uh, join us on the program. We'll talk about that opt-out because the Brewers have to commit to him 
pretty early. A lot of times when you have those opt-outs for guys who come in on minor league contracts, the opt-outs are maybe right at the beginning of the major league season. Sometimes they even exist a couple weeks into the season. There are scenarios where somebody might go down to AAA for the first week or two of the season and still see what the climate looks like before going into an opt-out. For Shaw, they're going to have to make a decision on him. I think that's the 15th of when his opt-out is. So that's going to be coming up uh, very, very soon. And the thing that probably is most interesting to a lot of fans, the capacity, the attendance this year. As the Brewers have been approved for limited attendance, they'll get about a quarter of the ballpark filled from the start of the year. They are hoping that capacity will go up as the season moves along and uh, also hoping at some point tailgating will be able to return. But when the season gets started, tailgating will not be allowed. That's a big part of uh, kind of Milwaukee Brewers culture. That's not going to exist, at least at the beginning of this upcoming season. That's your offseason in a nutshell. Now let's look forward to everything that's going to be taking place this year, starting with a conversation with President of Baseball Operations, David Stearns. He joins us next right here on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. Stay tuned. Our Brewers Spring Training Special will be right back. The interviews continue. This is Brewers Spring Training Special. All right, strap in. Here we go. Got a lot of people to talk to over the next two hours and 49 minutes. We are with you until 9 o'clock. I called it a uh, jam-packed show earlier. Got a uh, text message because I said I needed a new, uh, instead of just jam-packed, I needed something different to to really explain how much we have going on. And we're going to be saying American Family Field a lot. I have to write that down now because it's now American Family Field. Got a uh, text. Would it be an am-packed show? And they said it was from the Am Fam Clam. All right, uh, there we go. That's how we that's how we start this thing off as we lead right into our uh, conversation with Brewers uh, President of Baseball Operation uh, David Stearns. Uh, David, really appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us. How are you? I'm great. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, let's um let's go back a little bit to this off season. We obviously know we're right in the middle of a pandemic. It, it was an odd off season from your perspective. Did it feel different? I know all off-seasons have their different challenges and advantages, but what was it like for you uh, during the course of this off-season? You're right. Every off-season is a little bit different. Um, every off-season has a, a little bit of its own taste and its own character, and, and this off-season certainly had that as well. This was an off-season that uh, transactional volume towards the front half of, of the winter was pretty slow. Um, not a lot happened throughout the industry, and, and that was true for us as well. We really didn't make many transactions before the new year. Um, and it was more of a feeling-out period, trying to understand what the market was really going to do, um, what different players were looking for. I think players themselves were interested to see what this season would look like, when spring training was actually going to start, what the various rules in place would be. And all of that contributed to, to slowing the market. Ultimately, um, we were really happy with what we were able to do this off season. Um, we, we think we're, we're, we're coming into camp and, and going through camp with a, a really strong team and a team that once again is, is going to compete for a playoff spot now for, for the fifth year in a row. Um, and certainly it's our aim to make the playoffs for a fourth year in a row. 
I kind of chuckle before I ask this question because I know from a player agent standpoint, their job is to get players as much money as possible, put them in good situations, uh, and that they probably didn't love this off season. But just as you had those personal one-on-one conversations with player representation, did you get the sense that maybe they were kind of understanding of what was leading to the slow off season? I think so. I, I think everyone understood this was likely to be a unique offseason. And, and I think that's true with players. That's true with the representatives, uh, league officials and, and, and teams that, and, and people at clubs as well. It's just, this was unlike anything that, that our industry has experienced. Um, uh, certainly this is unlike anything that, that any industry has experienced in, in any of our lifetimes. So we're all, um, trying to grapple with it, understand what it really means for the operation of our business. Um, and clearly player movement, um, player salaries, player costs are a big part of the operation of our business. And so uh, it, it's it's natural that that's going to be adjusted as well. It's also natural it's going to take a feeling out period um, for what this all really means. Was there any added challenge to not knowing if there was or was not going to be a DH this year and trying to construct a roster, not not really knowing what it was going to look like this year for much of the offseason? At this point, really, the, the way we have to look at it is is there's going to be massive uncertainty um, for for a little while still. We're going to go through another year, at least the first half of, of this baseball season, um, with significant uncertainty. And, and we had that in the offseason um, with the unknown about some of the rules. To some extent, we still have that since, since we're not entirely sure 100% which way this is going to go. Um, and, and that's something we have to just, be able to deal with. So our focus uh, throughout the offseason and will continue into the season is to prepare for as many different possibilities uh, as we can. We, we know we're probably not going to cover all of our bases, but we can um, we can do the best we can uh, to, to ensure that really nothing surprises us. We, we, we were all caught off guard by what happened last year. Um, but we don't uh, we don't need to be caught off guard this year. Yeah, in terms of the the possibilities, like we just recently learned that the AAA season is about to start a month or so late, and the alternate training site is going to be used at the beginning of the year. That's what's been uh, reported. So that's something new. Do you get the sense that there are still many things being discussed, even though we're less than a month out from the start of the season? Uh, there are there are I think plenty of elements still being discussed, and you mentioned a couple specifically what the minor league season is going to look like when it's going to begin. But um, you know, in, in many ways, that doesn't surprise us. I think the landscape of the virus, the landscape of the pandemic, what it does to businesses, is changing pretty rapidly now, and and we have to um, understand it in real time. And I think Major League Baseball is right to make decisions in real time. There are some decisions. We just can't make as an industry um, with advance notice. We have to we have to take a look at what the environment is uh, at the present time and, and make the best decision possible. And I think that's what the league and the industry as a whole is trying to do right now. Brewers president of baseball operations, David Stearns, continuing to join us. I'm really curious to see what it's going to look like this year when pitchers are being asked to play in a 60-game season to a 162-game season and the, the toll that's going to take on arms, what are the conversations like with you and Craig Council and Matt Arnold and everybody involved in terms of how to mitigate the risk that goes along with such an increase potentially with innings pitch this year? Uh, it, it's a big topic of conversation in spring, um, and the truth is we don't really know what it means. Um, we don't have um, historical context uh, to help us really understand 
what this means. And, and it's not only that pitchers only went through a 60-game season last year, it's that they had a bunch of stops and starts. And so at this time last year, we were still preparing for a normal major league season. Pitchers were to the point of really beginning to ramp up quite intently during a normal spring training. Um, and then they had to shut down immediately uh, without secure knowledge as to when they needed to ramp back, ramp back up. Then ramp back up very quickly to get ready for summer camp and, and a bridged regular season. So uh, we're dealing with a lot of variables here over the past 18 months for pitchers that we don't really understand. Uh, and that it's very difficult to predict how they're going to impact their health going forward. So what we have to do is be pretty conservative. Um, and we have to ensure that we are doing everything we can to keep our pitchers healthy, stay in regular communication with them so we can monitor um, their fatigue levels, uh, how their arms are responding. And we need to use our depth. We have, we have a number of arms, many of whom are going to start the year in AAA, uh, who we know are going to make an impact and we're going to need to make an impact this year for us to have a successful season. And, and that, that's a big part of this is, is ensuring we have the depth specifically with the arms um, to, to successfully make it through a 162-game season without putting any individual at, at unneeded risk. It appears likely that there will be fans in the stands from the beginning. There's fans in Arizona right now. I know you like to quantify things. Are you able to quantify the impact that having fans has on the game? I, I think it's probably immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my that would be my response. You know, it, we all are doing this because at some point we 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 uh, we grew up playing baseball and we grew up going to baseball games and and we are all fans. We all started out as fans, and so um, the concept of of doing what we do and putting on games when there are no fans present to watch was very foreign and it was abnormal. It was uncomfortable, and to be able to to get back now to feeling the adrenaline that fans um, bring to a stadium, the the atmosphere, the noise, um, I really do think it's an immeasurable impact on the quality of the product and um, and the enjoyment that everyone feels at the ballpark. So we're thrilled that uh, we're headed that way. Um, it's been uh, a, a tremendous um, boots for everyone here in Arizona over the past couple of days to, to play in front of fans. The atmospheres have been great. Fan response has been great. Um, fan adherence to the protocols in the ballparks has been really strong. And, and so hopefully we can continue that as we go through a regular season. Got to ask you, that's interesting you say that. How often do you, and are you even able to, kind of disconnect during a game from your role with the club and actually sit back and enjoy and experience a game away the way a fan would? Yeah, the... the in this role, I really can't do that. Um, I don't have the ability to do that right now. At, at some point, um, uh, when, when I'm not in this role anymore, and perhaps when I'm not working in baseball at some point, hopefully well in the future, um, you know, I, I think about going to a spring training game and getting a beer and sitting on the outfield grass and, and just watching the game. Um, and and I, I really haven't done that. Uh, since I graduated college because I started working in, in the game um, right away. But it, it's, uh, it is something I think about, um, and there will be a time for that down the road. But, but for now, it is, it is pretty much impossible for me to disconnect from my role during, during a game. A couple more questions for uh, David Stearns. There's, there's still a lot of free agents out there. There's a ton of free agents out there. 
how how busy do you remain just looking to potentially add to the club we can we continue to have um uh conversations uh both with free agents and and trade discussions uh, i think that's natural this time of year and i don't think we're unique with that around the industry i imagine most clubs continue to look to try to improve their team tough for me to handicap the the likelihood of something coming together but but as as the off seasons get later and later, it doesn't surprise us that there's impending player transaction around the industry um, during spring training. I think that'll continue, and and we're certainly doing our work to to see if there's a way that fits to make our team better. Part of the negotiating process is kind of reading the room. Maybe you've got player A that you want to get in on, but if you can't get him, you you, you want to go in a different direction, and you're in contact with both. Do you and do you enjoy that that part of of putting together a team where you're also trying to figure out what direction you can go, but also not lose, uh, I don't want to say a plan B, but I guess a, a plan B if plan A doesn't work, that whole time, kind of thing? Uh, I, I think I enjoy it as a front office. We enjoy the strategy associated with roster building. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and part of that, is, you're right, is, is looking at different avenues uh, at any one time to improve the team. We try not to get locked in on one particular path because we don't know if that path is going to be attainable for us. Um, so we do stay in contact with, with a variety of different possibilities. That's true on the trade front. It's true with free agents. Um, and, and I think we all enjoy uh, the puzzle and, and, and finding the right pieces, and, and um, the planning and contingency planning is a big part of that. David, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Brewers president of baseball operations, David Stearns, joining us here on our Brewers spring training special. That is just the beginning of what we've got coming up. Still this hour, we are set to be joined by uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. We'll talk to him in less than five minutes. And then uh, Brandon Woodruff is going to join us coming up later on in the hour. Brandon uh, became a dad last year at the end of uh, the season. So he had his first offseason as a dad and got to talk to him a little bit about that uh, as well. If you want to uh, chime in on anything, we'll be uh, monitoring the Twitter account throughout the course of the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Of course, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Probably can't take phone calls today, but we can take a look at your text messages at 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. A conversation with the newest brewer, Jackie Bradley Jr. That's next. More Brewers Spring Training Special continues after this. You're listening to Brewers Spring Training Special. This offseason, one of the weirdest offseasons we have ever experienced because we're in a period of time that's one of the weirdest period of times that we have ever experienced. We really didn't know how much money was going to be spent across Major League Baseball. A lot of teams were trying to shed salary. There were a couple teams that were adding salary. You look at what the Dodgers were able to do. You look at what the Padres were able to do, the Mets to uh, a certain extent. You really didn't know where the Brewers fell in there. And a lot of people would tell you the Brewers didn't have money to spend. I always thought that they had a move or two in them. And they made one when they acquired Colton Wong. And then they made a late one when they acquired Jackie Bradley Jr. And there had been some rumblings for a couple weeks that maybe there was some interest from the Brewers on Bradley. Now you heard that and you thought, okay, is this, is this a need that the Brewers have when you consider the outfielders on the roster? 
But the Brewers have always been an organization that look to find ways to improve their club, and then they'll deal with positional fit later. That's just the way they've done things. And if they've got a way to improve their club and do it at a price that makes sense, they're more than willing to do it. And I think that's the that's what we have seen under the ownership of Mark Antanasio. So Jackie Bradley Jr., the newest member of the Brewers, part of an outfield core now that includes himself, Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, and Avisail Garcia. Uh, Jackie joins us right now on the program. And Jackie, you've you've been with the Boston Red Sox organization your entire career, and now all of a sudden, it's it's everything's new for you. What's it like? being in a brand new organization it's, it's, it's great um everyone's received me with open arms um you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here and uh, i'm looking forward to to see what this team's capable of doing this was a year where maybe it's not the best year to be a free agent just based off the way the market was going what was it like for you going through this process where I know there was some communication with the Red Sox, but obviously you're now a member of the Brewers. Just this being uh, an opportunity for free agent for you, can you describe what these last few months have been like? I, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, this, like, this is my first free agency, so uh, this is kind of unprecedented times as well. So I didn't have any expectations, and I think that served me well because I was able to just you know, enjoy my family throughout this whole process. Um, no matter you know how long it took, but I, I'm glad that I found a home here in Milwaukee. There was a report a few weeks ago that the Brewers were interested in you. What what was the timeline like from when maybe there was a lot of interest shown to getting to a point that you actually agreed to and, and, and signed with the club? I'm not sure the exact I guess time frame so to speak, um, but I'm I'm very thankful that they were interested and that this opportunity has presented itself. What do you like about the Brewers? What do I like about it? Yeah. Uh, a lot of talent um, on this team. A lot of a lot of guys who who seem like they, they, they want to win. And you know, that's what I'm all about. And I'm, I'm I can't wait to be able to, to gel with them and, and go to war with them. Clearly, the the biggest thing that's been talked about since the report came out that you were signed with the club is just the number of outfielders: Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Avisael Garcia. How much conversation did you have with the organization about your role with the team this year and what that was going to look like with all the outfielders on the roster? How much at all conversation? I think as a whole, we we know that we are a very talented um, group of individuals who. Can, who, who can play the game at a very high level. And, you know, that's one thing that we don't have to worry about. We don't have to make the lineup card. We just have to go out there, be prepared to play, and um, help the team win. You're known for just making incredible catches. Lorenzo Kane, same deal. How much are you looking forward to you guys being in the outfield at the same time and being able to truly get that front row seat, watching each other go make great plays? I'm excited about it. Um, you know, these outfielders are, are ballers, and you know I, I can't wait to you know join into the mix with them to be able to help the team. Um, it's an honor to be able to you know, play with them and to actually be playing with Milwaukee Brewers as well. From a uh, from a hitting standpoint, you bring a left-handed bat, and, and a lot of people talk about the fact that you look at this lineup and just the way lefty, righty, lefty, righty. How much do you feel like you can help? We've talked so much about your defense, but how much do you feel like you can help this club from an offensive standpoint? 
Definitely, I definitely feel like I can. There's a lot of potential in there, and I, I honestly, I know what I'm, I'm capable of. Obviously, in my my early twenties and, and and things like that, there was there were some some trying times. But I think as you know, I, as I came along, I, I learned a lot about myself, and um, you know, just kind of just staying within myself and, and knowing my abilities and what, what I'm capable of doing. So hopefully, that translates over, and you know, come. We're talking to you on your first day in with the organization. What's it like when you walk into a brand new clubhouse for the first time? You see your name on a jersey that it's it's never been on before. You're meeting uh, a bunch of guys that you've never been teammates before. Just that entire experience when it first hits you when you walk in that clubhouse. Describe that for me. Yeah, well, when you first walk in, it's it's a it's a breath of fresh air. It's almost it's like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a it's a clean clean book that you get to. Uh, Get to start and, and write yourself, and you know, hopefully you get it off on the right page, and you hopefully continue to write a long book, and it's a successful book. Not only are you changing teams, you're changing leagues. Are you excited about playing in the National League? Yes, absolutely. Um, as we know, both leagues are tremendously talented, and um, I'm, I'm glad that I get to experience both. Last thing for you, and I don't know. What you know about him, how much time you spent talking to him, but what's your initial feeling about the guy that you're going to be playing for in manager Craig Council? Um, I, have, I haven't, I guess, personally known him that long. Obviously, I've known a lot about him. Um, and I, I watched him play when he was when he was playing, and um, I've heard a lot of great things around the league about him from you know, coaches, upper management, players, and they truly respect him. And, you know, he's... He's such a great fit for this organization. I look forward to picking his brain and, and learning from him. I lied. One more thing for you. I, I've seen you already interact with people on uh, on social media since it came out. What's your initial reaction? I mean, the, the Brewers fan base is one that really does a great job of really taking in players and, and so forth. What have you seen so far from maybe your social media interactions and what you've seen from the Brewers fan base? Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Um, I have taken a opportunity to be able to interact with them and it's exciting anytime you know someone when someone's new coming in um, there can be a lot of emotions that go along with it good bad and different but um, they seem to kind of open me with full arms and embraced me to be able to help this team in any way that I possibly can Jackie thanks so much for your time welcome uh, we look forward to seeing you in Milwaukee here in a few weeks and uh, officially meeting you but thank you so much for taking some time Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Jackie Bradley Jr. joining us here on our Brewers Spring Training Special. Got a text message from the 262 because I said earlier that there was a log jam in the outfield. Four starting caliber outfielders, three spots. Somebody responded to that saying there's not a log jam in the outfield. Besides uh, third base, a fourth outfielder was probably the Brewers' greatest need. The bench has been pathetic in recent years, and Kane, Yelich, and Garcia will all probably have a couple days off every two weeks with Kane needing more time. You'll need pinch hitters daily, double switches, and you were previously one injury away from disaster. I, I mostly agree with everything that was in that text message. But I would respond by saying there's still four starting caliber outfielders for three spots. Are all those guys going to play in most games? 
Yeah, there's going to be if if the Brewers are up by one run and it's the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, I am very hopeful that Lorenzo Cain and Jackie Bradley Jr. are both going to be in the outfield because one one ball to the wall that gets by somebody can be the difference in a game. That's so so yeah, there's going to be playing time and I would guess if those guys are healthy, the vast majority of games everybody's going to appear, but there's a big difference between getting one at bat or being a defensive replacement for the final two or three innings compared to being a starter and being in the lineup on an everyday basis. Baseball players are creatures of habit, and most guys want to be in the lineup every day. I'm telling you, there's going to be some conversations had this year between Lorenzo Cain and Craig Council because Cain's the kind of guy who wants to be in the lineup every day. There are times where you look at Lorenzo Cain and you can just tell he's all kinds of banged up. Looks like a 50-year-old out there walking around, and then all of a sudden he goes and makes this like spectacular play where he looks like he's 19, and then he stands back up, and it's, it's back to like his body is clearly not where he wants to be at that moment. So I agree, there's a need. And, but I would also say I don't think there are a lot of Major League Baseball teams, and this I would preface by saying... This is going on the assumption that Garcia really has that bounce-back season and really has the offensive season that the Brewers were expecting from him last year. I think him playing center field as much as he did last year had a, had a negative impact on what he was doing at the plate. And Garcia's one of those best-shape-of-my-life kind of guys coming into spring training. He's been swinging the bat pretty well so far in Cactus League play. It is going to be interesting to watch what happens when all four guys are healthy, how the lineup is put together on an everyday basis. And I would argue, assuming Garcia gets to where he was expected to be from an offensive standpoint, I don't think there are many Major League Baseball teams who have four outfielders uh, the caliber of those four guys on the roster. Was there a need for an upgrade in terms of that fourth outfielder on this team? Yeah, I'll go with that all day long. But they did a lot more than go find a capable fourth outfielder. They went and got a guy who's one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball and could swing it pretty well as well. All right, Brandon Woodruff. It has been an interesting uh, last year or so for him as uh, he became a dad for the first time towards the end of last season. He is uh, back this year and uh, ready to really anchor the starting rotation along with uh, Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff is set to join us coming up next. The pitch clock has begun. Wait, do they even enforce that? More Brewer Spring Training Special coming up. This is the Brewer Spring Training Special. Play ball. The top of the Brewers rotation among the strongest in baseball. Based off what they have done, especially last year when we're talking about Corbin Burns and obviously Brandon Woodruff, who he has turned into, uh, that's a that's a nice one-two punch for the Brewers to be able to have. I still kind of lament last year in the postseason Burns not being available because I always thought the Brewers had a puncher shot against the Dodgers if they would have been able to go 
Woodruff Burns, and, and they didn't win Woodruff's game, so maybe that's all for not. But that's a, that's a nice one-two punch there at the top of the rotation. We'll talk more about the rest of the rotation coming up in uh, just a few minutes. If you want to chime in on it, you could do so on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. But one of those two guys that I just mentioned, Brandon Woodruff, he joins us right now here on the program. And, Brandon, uh, we really appreciate you taking a few moments with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, enjoying some, some beautiful Arizona sunny weather. I've asked uh, – we've had a lot of people on this program, and one of the things we've talked about a lot is just fans being back in the stands. How nice has it been where maybe there's just a little bit more of a sense of normalcy that there's actually been some fans around the games? Yeah, um, I, it's awesome. Um, I went to we had our first home game yesterday, and I went out for a couple innings, and um, just having some fans in the stands when you walk out, just to walk to the dugout was nice, and just being able to kind of say hello, you know, whenever they 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 yell at you or whatever. So we, as I think as players, we kind of missed that interaction, and um, there's just a good little good little buzz, you know, walking into a stadium when when there's some some fans in the stand. So um, hopefully we can get back to full capacity pretty soon. Were you at all surprised by maybe the actual impact that fans have on the games? You know, going in, go, looking back at last year and how it was so different, uh, did that surprise you that fans actually do impact the game that much? Uh, I, I mean, fans, honestly, they make, they make the atmosphere um, – it was, it was definitely, I, I would say, from opening night playing in Chicago, when do you ever go into Chicago and there's no fans there? That's never happened. So that was, that was pretty weird. It, it took a little bit to get used to, but, um, it just really showed you how much you miss having fans in the, in the stands and, um, and you like it for, for the home team, but then as a, you know, as an away to motivation when, you know, sometimes they might be, you know, drawing at you or whatever it is, but uh, yeah, it's, they they make a total difference in in the atmosphere and um, you know, and sometimes um, affect the outcome of the game. We'll we'll get into what's going on in spring here in just a moment, but this off season, I have to think. Things were maybe a little different, but also kind of fun for you. Uh, you, were, you became a dad at, at, towards the end of last season. So what what has these yeah. last few months been like for you um, as as you've watched uh, your kid grow up a little bit? Yeah, uh, it's been fun. Um, just getting in a, a routine with with her, and um, you know, life life changes a little bit. Yeah. You got. You're not, you're not you're not so worried about yourself and you got to think about her and, and think about her first and and making sure everything's okay with her and um but no it was fun just adjusting to that and um you know seeing her grow so far she just turned six months a couple days ago so it is flying by already it seems like but um you know she's she's picking up new things and 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 looks you know just learning stuff seems like every day so um, you know, that's been a fun process and I think it, it's going to be fun just to, um, you know, have them with me throughout the season. What's the, uh, what's the thing she's been doing recently that you've gotten the biggest kick out of? Um, in ter- 
Ask the question again in terms of uh, my daughter. Yeah, like whether it's crawling or something she's a noise she's making, whatever it might be. Oh man, she. Um, the, the, my favorite thing is just waking her up from naps and and in her big old smile. Um, that's probably my favorite thing. But she uh, she just started sitting up on her own. Uh, I guess it's been, she's been doing it a couple weeks now. But uh, just seeing her being able to sit up on her own and and seeing things, some of her toys that she likes, and she'll start laughing. Or, you know, if we if we say some, you know, I say funny stuff, I guess they just can only interpret the, the sounds. But um, just making her laugh, that's probably um, my favorite thing. From for just getting back to baseball here, you and Corbin really had nice seasons last year. How much pride are you guys taking? And this is not to take away anything else in the rotation, but you guys are viewed as as the top of the rotation guys. How much pride is there that you guys are the guys that are going to sit there at the top of the rotation and really try to lead the way? Um, you know, I think, you know, it's it's an honor, I guess, to be looked at it that way. I think, um, you know, for each and every guy on the rotation, they just try to go out and do do their job and do it to the best of their abilities. And, um, you know, everybody I think that we, we put out there is a very, very good pitcher. And, um, but, you know, to, to kind of get the season going and, and um, you know, being able to, to go out there, you know, whether it's, you know, early in the rotation or whatever, and just trying to set the tone, I think that's huge for for us. And, um, you know, hopefully we can do that in a, in a positive way. But, um, you know, we have just as much confidence in anybody else who ever steps on that mound um, for us. And I think we're sometimes, as a pitching staff, overlooked a little bit. And um, I think we've got a really good, really good team, really good pitching staff. So hopefully um, we can, um, you know, do some good stuff this year. How are you feeling? I know you had a little bit of back stiffness early in camp. Yeah, uh, I feel great. Um, that was just a couple day thing, and um, I should just slot right back in on my normal day uh, next go around. So, looking forward to you know getting back out and um, you know getting back into some game action and and getting a little bit of that baseball adrenaline and feel going back, and uh, you know hopefully can get settled in before the season gets started. We can't have a conversation with you without talking about hitting a little bit. Are you happy that, uh, at least for now, it doesn't appear that there's going to be a, a DH in the National League? Um, I tell you, I, I don't. I, I never pick up a bat until they make us pick up a bat in spring training. I never touch one. Um, but I, I do enjoy. I do enjoy hitting. I do enjoy getting in the batter's box, getting the face. You know, major league arms. I think that's a cool side of it. Um, and, you know, honestly, I just got to be able to get the butt down. If I can get the butt down, I'm doing my job. So um, if they let me swing away, I just I just hope and pray I can make contact. So <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way I look at it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's just a, a, a fun thing to do. To, you know, one, obviously you want to face the pitcher more. Uh, and you know it's 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 fun to get in there and try to try to make the other other guy work a lot and try to make it throw a lot of pitches. Well, Brandon, really appreciate you taking uh, some time. Uh, have a great rest of spring, and we look forward to seeing you back here in Milwaukee in just a few weeks. All right, thank you very much. The guy who hit one of the most memorable Brewers postseason home runs ever, ever.
saying he's just trying to get the bunt down, just trying to make contact. Don't undersell yourself, Brandon Woodruff. Appreciate him taking a, a few moments of time here on the Brewers Spring Training Special. When it comes to pitching, I like this rotation. I like this rotation because there's big-time strength at the top with Woodruff and Corbin Burns. And then there are a lot of really solid pieces that you're going to be able to use, move in and out of the rotation as might need be during the course of the year. Obviously, Brett Anderson is back. uh, And a guy who, if there is anybody who is going to be able to see the benefit of an infield defense with a Colton Wong at second and Orlando Arcia at shortstop, it's going to be Anderson. Guy gets a lot of ground balls. So the improved second-base defense that you're going to get with Wong there should really pay dividends out for for Anderson. And it's going to be fun to see that. And just going back, look, I've talked about this a lot. Maybe you're sick of hearing me talk about it, but I've just, I, I really think this is going to be something that we're going to be looking at throughout the course of the year. And as the year continues and as we get deep into the season, June, July, August, the teams that handle what I'm about to talk about are going to be the teams that are poised to have the most success down the home stretch of the season. And that's usage. That's workload. There is, you can go look and see when pitchers are asked to increase their workload from one year to the next by a certain percentage. Once you get to a certain point exponentially, they become so much more at risk of being injured. And it's just, it's the human body. And there's there's nothing you can do about it. And this is not about somebody just being the tough guy, get take the ball every fifth day. It's about your body. And it's about what your body is willing to do. And you see that all the time when guys are coming back from Tommy John surgery, just them being very slowly brought back in, and you always kind of attribute that to coming off a major injury. And that's valid. It's, that's certainly part of it. But part of it also is the usage. So we're going from a season where teams played 60 games to a season where they are hopefully going to play 162. You're going from a year where guys who took the ball every fifth day last year and were among the league leaders in innings pitch, they were around 60 last year. And you think of those kind of guys, and this probably doesn't isn't so much with the Brewers because most Brewers pitchers don't pitch really deep into games, but that, that benchmark that we always talk about for starting pitchers is 200 innings. So there are scenarios where if you, if you just throw everything up in the air and just say, you know what, I'm going to give this guy the ball every fifth day and I don't care about the ramifications of it, you're talking about going from throwing 60 innings to throwing 200 innings if everything went well. And that's not going to happen. But being able to manage that, knowing that maybe a guy's on a roll, maybe a guy looks good, but by skipping him one time in the rotation, maybe you got an off day coming up and instead of just pushing everybody back, you give a guy a full day off and you try to do that with each guy whenever you can when there's an all like I don't know what what it's going to look like but doing things like that that's going to pay dividends at the end I already know like I I know there's going to be this big series 
against the Cubs or against the Cardinals in July or August, and Brandon Woodruff or Corbin Burns or whoever it might be who's just been pitching amazingly well, they're going to be they're going to have their spots skipped or they're going to be pushed back a couple two three days, and we're going to get phone calls on the post game show, right? We're going to get phone calls. We are, and people are going to be livid. Oh, these guys are paid lots of money to go out and pitch, and now they're not being given the opportunity. And I'll tell you now, I'm going to be dismissive of that because this is a year where teams are going to have to be incredibly diligent in watching the usage. The fact that the Brewers, A, don't generally have pitchers pitch that deep into games, don't like most of their pitchers seeing a lineup a third time through, and the fact that they are so analytically driven where they are going to be able to quantify what is going on with pitchers and their arms and and, and the, the velocity and everything. I think the Brewers are in as good a shape as any team in baseball in having the information to be able to make the right decision and also put pitchers in positions where they're not going to be pushed too much. But this is going to be a storyline. And I think that's why when you look at look, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Brett Anderson, for sure in the rotation, Adrian Hauser, Josh Lindblom, Eric Lauer, they're going to be getting starts. I mean, that's six guys right there. And then you don't even mention Brent Suter. Don't mention... Uh, Freddie Peralta. Uh, don't mention a non-roster guy in a Jordan Zimmerman. So they've got lots of options. And in a normal year, you're going to get 10 or so guys that make starts. And I'm not just talking about bullpen games. You're going to get 10 or so guys that are making legit starts. And I think this year, that number might even go up that much more. And being able to you know, for for the guys who have minor league options, for being able to utilize the extra spot on the roster, whatever it might be. There are some teams that are already going to a six-man rotation for this year. I think it's the Seattle Mariners who have already announced that they're going to go to a six-man rotation. I don't think the Brewers are going to do that, but it's a it's an option. And if there's a, a two-week period where they don't have any off days or if there's a period of time where maybe you got some double headers in there because we're going to we're going to have some postponements, we're going to have some cancellations, not not cancellations, but we're going to have some postponements this year. COVID is still going to impact baseball. If you're playing a bunch of games, it's going to make sense at some point to go to a six-man rotation, go to who knows, you got some double headers in there, go to a seven-man rotation, go to a six-man rotation with a bullpen game in there, whatever it might be. That's going to be one of the biggest storylines, I think, for this season. And the teams that have the most successful years, I think, are going to be the teams that manage pitchers' usage the best. We'll talk more about that when we get to September, but I think that is absolutely going to be the case. Next hour, Craig Council, Corbin Burns, Keston Hira, Brent Suter. All four of those guys are set to join us. Don't go anywhere. We're back coming up in just a few minutes. Our Brewers Spring Training Special will be back before our big league chew loses its flavor. I shouldn't take too long. 